fans feel like this. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Go ahead, play that, Kitty. I messed it up. <clears throat> I'm going to take a second for a second, if you don't mind. How many Bears fans feel like that, right? We just have an exhilarating win over the Patriots, and then a Robert Quinn trade, and then a Cowboys ass-kicking, and then a uppercut Roquan Smith trade? I don't think so. I know there's a lot of people that are, their hair is on fire right now. They think that this Roquan Smith trade is awful. It's actually something I kind of saw coming based on that video. He, the look in his face almost said it, that he doesn't want to come back to the Bears because of that Robert Quinn trade and because of the other things that happened. And quite frankly, dealing with a player that doesn't have an agent, look how difficult that was. By the way, it's Halloween tonight. If you hear my dog barking, that's because there's trick-or-treaters trying to come to the house even though the lights are turned off. So there's a lot to talk about. We have Dan Aguirre. We have Cliff with his Cliff Notes, and we have Chris Watts from across the pond. Let's get this started, Kitty. Bears country. Where is it? It's in your man cave. Your home. Your car. Your local bar. Your city. State. It's across the world. It's in your heart. And it's here. The Bears Country Podcast. Am right, it is here. It's here on the Barham Network, and it's here on Bears Country Podcast as well. Hallow's Eve, after a spooktacularly awful loss to the Cowboys, we see Roquan Smith traded to the Ravens for a second and a fifth round pick in next year's draft. Just moments, and you know, in the universe's time, from the Robert Quinn trade. Dan. How are you feeling about this? First, forget the loss. Just let's talk about this trade. How do you feel? I wouldn't feel so down about it if I felt like there was somebody that was able to step in. Because like you mentioned at the top, we did have an exhilarating victory against New England. And you see Green Bay struggling. They have the same record that we do. Now, Minnesota's going off right now. It looks like they're going to win the North. But Still, wild card contention is there. It's right in front of you. 
And I hate the fact that they're making this trade without, I mean, if you're going to give up 49 points to Dallas with Roquan, how many are you going to give up to Miami when we're there on Sunday with Jack Sanborn or whatever the fuck his name is playing in that position? And I don't mean to dis- discredit Jack or disparage Jack, but it just feels like if we had somebody to, you know, take his spot and felt like maybe you weren't losing that much, it wouldn't feel so sharp. Right now, it kind of feels like a, a kick in the groin. I I look at it differently. Um, we just went three and five. And when you look at the stats, yeah, for the season, Roquan Smith's been playing well. But he wasn't all over the place in that game. You didn't see him standing out on defense by any means. And I agree was, with you on that. I that agree, was a big yeah. game. I wish they would have gotten a first-round pick for him, but the fact that they got a second and a fifth, I mean – I really feel like we were going to lose him or have to franchise him and piss him off even more. And that it just wasn't going to be a good situation And to walk away with something. And now what is, I mean, 11 and six is still possible, Dan. It's still possible, <laughs> but not probable. So, I mean, this is what teams do when they're building for the future. This is what a good team does to rebuild their franchise. You see him trade away their star players that he might not end up going on to the Ravens and, you know, being the Roquan Smith that we all remember him to be. He might fizzle out there. Who knows? It it could be a Herschel Walker type of thing. Not that it's that big of a trade, but. Well, let me let me clarify. I agree with you and I'm not his biggest supporter by any stretch, because like you, I think what you're saying is he he comes in waves and sort of disappears. And I'm not like objecting to building for the future. I, I just, I I think it's still there this season. We see Justin improving. The offense yesterday was good enough to win if the defense just didn't have an epically bad day. It seemed like Mel Tucker was the coordinator. I think Alan Williams is over his fucking head, man. But the, the again, the, my objection isn't so much to Roquan leaving as much as well, who do you got to take your spot now? Because they're still in the thick of things this season. Mm-hmm. I, I That's a good question. Is it going to be Jack Sanborn? I mean, they did get a, a linebacker in the trade as well. Um, he's like a 33-year-old, you know, journey. Yeah, he was off the practice squad from Buffalo, yeah. I think, a few, a few, a few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, he was wearing number 54, by the way. I hope he doesn't come in here and think he's just going to take number 54. I'm sure the Bears wouldn't give that out. Probably not. But but then again, they've let several people wear Mike Singletary's uh, Well, it jersey. took a long time, though. Right. So well, that's maybe true. they might give him like a 10-year window or something, which would be coming up soon. But the Shea McClellan was wearing that at one point, which should right, have been that like was a, a fucking sin. God, it's a fucking sin for sure. But I, I, I mean, I'm... I'm optimistic about the trade. I I honestly felt something coming on this trade just by the look on his face when the trade was announced during that press conference. He seemed like he had that look on his face like, fuck this, I'm I'm not coming back here. And I, I said it on another podcast that I of mine. That, is it possible that they, that they trade him? Because if they walk away from nothing with him at the end of the year, it's better that they got this for him. Don't you agree? I mean, I agree with that. But if all we've heard for years is, oh, man, the Bears need to build through the draft. 
That's how you build a franchise. You build through the draft. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers did. That's what Green Bay does. You build through the draft. And, well, he was our guy. We drafted him. And every time we get a good guy, we either let them walk or we trade him, it seems like. Mr. Montgomery, come on up. You're still you're probably going to get traded tomorrow. I mean, and it sucks because I was telling Aldo yesterday, the more that uh, Khalil Herbert plays well, which, you know, we want him to, but the more he plays, the more it makes Montgomery expendable. And I think you and I both agree that Montgomery's a top back, like, dude, resign him. But uh, and it has nothing to do with that fumble yesterday. That's an aberration, I think. But I do think the more he succeeds, Herbert, the more they think, well, we can trade David Montgomery, too. I mean, it's possible. I mean, it, it certainly is possible. But what would they get for him? I mean, a fourth round and a third round pick, I, I'm not sure they would get much for him. So I don't know, but it's certainly possible. It, I, what I like about the, this regime is just the uh, – they they have some balls, you know. Poles has some balls. And I, I, I trust him with – how he turned five picks into 11 with the, you know, the Mac trade and everything that he did in the, during the draft. And I mean, but maybe it's uh, Ryan Pace and, and Phil Emery's revenge because the Falcons are in first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to that game too. Yeah. There, yeah. We're, there's like, there's gonna be like 13 of us going to that game. We're going to fill that stadium, man. It's going to be great. Hell, there were some – when the, the Bears first scored yesterday, you could hear it. I don't know if you paid attention on the TV copy, but there were Let's Go Bear chants loud in Dallas or Arlington yesterday when – I think we were down, what, 14 nothing when the Bears scored first? I could hear when it. First, yeah. yeah, you could hear it on the TV. The first the first score, there was a lot of Let's Go Bears uh, chants. I know. I was like – you're saying let's go bears shit that's awesome I, dude i just i hate this because and first off i'm glad to be back i'm sorry i missed last week oh, um, no problem no worries it man uh it just every game we've lost and if we just say okay green bay was better than us and write that off but every other game the bears could have won in minnesota they could have i still think if the defense just plays half as good as they were in new england the bears could beat dallas yesterday uh, damn sure could have beaten the fucking Giants and Washington. Yeah, it's just we're in it, I, and and the offense is getting better. And we're you know the wide receivers. I think Harry's looking good. We're getting Pringle back soon. Mm-hmm. It's just man, things are starting to click on that side of the ball, and then mm-hmm. we just trade the defense away. I just I don't know like that, is a, that they're tanking. It looks like they're tanking. That is a little peculiar. That it it seemed like in a way that there was an irrational move by polls, just going, Oh shit, we're three and five. Just fucking, okay, let's just trade him. You know, we're not going to get any for anything for him at the end of the year. Anyways, let's just get rid of him. That is a little peculiar. It does make you feel like, Oh, we're now we're just giving up, but right. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't feel that way myself. Um, I feel like they're taking advantage of an opportunity to make this team better. And, and, and the cost for that is not quite as much as everyone thinks it is, you know? Well, I hope, that, my... I hope that they win Sunday at the very least, since yeah. we're all going to be there. Oh God, that's going to be. And there's like rain in the forecast too, Dan. So I, I, no. I hope it's not going to rain. <laughs> I really do. 
Well, we said we got it. Uh, you know, Cliff would like to watch the uh, Monday Night Football game tonight, so we should probably bring him in so we can get the the Cliff notes to this game from him. Who's on Monday night? I have no goddamn idea. I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> Kenny, let's bring in Cliff. Cliff, what the fuck happened? Cleveland and Cincinnati, guys. Come on. You want to watch that? I, I have uh, Nick Chubb and uh, Joe Burrow playing, and I need them both to do okay to win my fantasy this week, my league. Uh, Jesus Christ. We already have to cut him off that quickly, you know? Usually we get a little farther <laughs> into the show before, you know, fantasy football ruins it for everyone. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Bears fans are you guys? You have to know every skill player on every team to play fantasy. I don't play fantasy. I don't either. I've been well, I've, I, I've I do tried so, for years. And and by the way, if you could see me in a remote location tonight, it's because I'm sitting in the Queen's chair. This is where my wife usually sits in our family room because I have no TV in my office. So I'm actually uh I have the game on behind me so if i happen to be looking like this i'm not ignoring you i'm just ignoring you and watching the game well it's better to listen to us than to buck and aikman though that's I, true you know joe buck is on there and i it's hap i'm happy to keep the sound off there you go <laughs> well clip before we get started with your cliff notes we also have another guest chris watts is going to come in and join us and he'll be able to kind of interject on some of your thoughts for cliff notes as well so Kitty, let's kick this off with Chris. From across the pond, Chris, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing very well, mate. I'm doing very well. And hello to everybody and happy birthday to Dan and hello to Kitty. And, and it's great to meet Cliff for the first time. And I'm so glad that he's safe from all that bullshit he's had to go through over the last month for the weather so uh yeah I, i'm good mate but i'm just rather i'm rather shocked man what's been going on today with the bears yeah, so like... uh but yeah it's been it's awesome to come on the show again dan and, and thanks for the invite we love having you on chris it's always great to talk from you know to get your perspective from all the way across the other side of the globe so and, and thank welcome, you for man. telling me happy birthday i appreciate that Happy birthday, Dan. You're the best, Matt. Thank you, everybody. I'm I'm glad to be here. So let's go around the around the globe here. We'll start uh, from left to right. Uh, Dan, we already well, actually, we'll start, actually we'll start with you, Cliff. Cliff, your perspective just of this game in a nutshell before we get to your cliff notes. Let's actually let's talk about the trade. What do you think about the trade? Let's get your guys' version of the trade here, and then we'll do the cliff notes. So how about that? Sure, sure. All right. My phone, my texts have been going crazy today. And they're basically in two camps. You've got the guys that that was the last Bears game I'm going to watch. They traded Roquan. It's all over. I'm not watching the Bears ever again. And then you've got the people who do a little bit more thinking on it are like, okay, what are Poles and Flues trying to do here? So that's basically what I'm hearing all day today. Now, I'm sort of in the Poles, Flues have a plan camp. And I think they're not just looking at winning the next game like Nagy. Get your button for Nagy. 
Oh, my button for Nagy. You said it, didn't you? You had me off guard. I'm not even going to get into that. That's I have zero thought. Sorry. Now, I, I, the, man who shall, the man who shall remain nameless and Ryan Pace, you know, they were thinking one game at a time to keep their jobs. I right. think that Poles and Flus are still in the honeymoon period, and they know that they can take a year, two years, even up to three years to build a team and I think they're trying to build a team that's going to be consistent and win in the future. Now, another thing with Roquan, all right, I hate to say this about him because he's one heck of a player, but I've always thought he's a little bit self-centered and maybe a little bit immature. You know, he he runs his own, uh, doesn't have a manager. He runs it himself. Uh, he's up there losing it in the interview. You know, and I understand he's he cares about Quinn and things like that. But I can't imagine, like, crying right now, you know? I mean, if so, someone would have to tell me that somebody very close to me died for me to, to cry on camera. So, you know, he's a younger guy, so I can understand that. But he's going to want a lot of money at the end of the season. I think at the very least, the Bears would be renting him for one year under the franchise, which is going to be 18, 19 mil. So what would you rather have, guys? Uh, renting Roquan? for one year for 18 or 19 or getting some other player for that 18 or 19. And then also having a second, a fifth and AJ Klein is the other uh, linebacker that we picked up. Thank you, Cliff. Uh, thank you for that. Cl Chris, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I, I'm sort of, uh, I've got, I feel like I've got feet in both, both camps, really. I completely agree with what Cliff just said. I mean, I, I very much see where the business side is and, and you know, and that the, the GM and the coach are looking at a long, you know, the next sort of couple of years and, you know, and they're trying to build up drafts and, and the cap money. But I'm a bit like, damn, man, it's sort of like, it feels like, well, what's the point of the rest of the season? You know what I mean? It's sort of like, it feels like we're tanked and we've still got nine games left, you know, where, where I can understand the business part of it and feel very much similar to what Cliff was saying about Rokon as, as a person, as a player. I mean, last time I cried, it was when Bambi got shot, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, very, very, very sort of mixed feelings, but it's just sort of like this season, it feels like, you know, is that it then for the season? We're not going to try it all where we, we might have a, still have a possibility ability of maybe getting a wild card player. So yeah, that's how I feel about it, boys. Very sort of mixed, but I see the bigger picture. But right now I'm a bit like, oh man, what what stress it is it gonna be like? I mean, we'll let Dallas go with him playing. So what the fuck's gonna happen over the next nine games? Do you know what I mean? And we just said, oh well fuck it then. we just hopefully fields will improve. Hopefully nothing's improved, but we're never gonna be in a game because our defence will suck. So it's just it's just a part of the NFL, isn't it? Really, the NFL it's a brutal business when you, when you think about it. So uh, yeah, that's my viewpoints on it, fellas. Anyway, Dan, yeah, like, like I said, I I definitely understand what uh, Cliff was saying, you know, and and I'm not in the camp that's like, oh fuck it, I'm not watching because I'm going to, I'm going to watch. I'm always going to watch as long as I can, mm. unless there's something to preclude me from watching. I'm watching. Even if they're three and thirteen, like in 2016, I'm fucking watching. Even if I'm miserable watching, I'm watching. So you get the point. I like I said though, with the point that Chris was making, there's still nine games to go, and like this season isn't over. Like 
they're in the thick of it. And that's, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but that's the part that's hard for me to, to for me to just to fathom the thought process of, okay, but at least if you're going to get rid of him, have somebody else to at least take his spot so we can try to do something this season because you're in it. You're fucking in it. Every game you've lost, you've been in it closely. It's not like you're getting blown out, even though yesterday the scoreboard may have appeared that you, oh, you lost by 20, but you take away Montgomery's touchdown that Fields jump leapfrogs over, you know, and you take away the, the two-point conversions that you don't do, and then suddenly it's like it's 42 to 31. You're in the game. So, I mean, 11 and 6 is still possible, guys. <laughs> forever the optimist Dan <laughs> it really is I mean it still is they still have one more game to lose and they can still go 11 and 6 <laughs> well, think about this they've got two straight home games now in theory if they could upset Miami and Detroit was playing with them all day yesterday and then you've got Detroit in week 10 which I'm not shitting on the Lions but in theory again you could win those and you're back at 500 and you're in it. There's two right. wild cards there. Like at the end, the six and seven. Well, technically three wild cards, but they added the extra the extra postseason team two years ago. So take advantage of that. Go for it now. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen because here's a question that you guys briefly commented on before: How do you tank without looking like you're tanking? Trade your best players. Mm. Mm. I mean, I mean, Does I, I like to else... like say as well, he's like, so, sorry, Dad. I just like to say, out no. of the coaches now sell the rest of the season to the players that are left on the squad. That, that you know, I'd love to see that. If they're like uh, behind the scenes on the Bears, like a hard knocks, right. I'd love to see how a coach is still going to motivate the players and say, well, we are still want to be competitive. And then, but the players will be thinking, well, you just got rid of Quinn. You've got rid of Rook on Smith. Do you know what I mean? They might get rid of somebody else before the trade. Uh, and like Dan says, you know, we've still got nine games left yet. So uh, it's a very that, unusual, I don't know, that, situation, I think. That's the same angle I was about to go with. I mean, if you're Matt Eberflus, you can't criticize your GM publicly, uh, but you have to be thinking, like, dude. I've given you like eight months already for this season and we're, we're close and you're cutting my legs from under me. Like how am I supposed to get through the rest of this season trying to win games when you're getting rid of all of our good players? That had to be a decision that was made between the two of them though. Don't you agree? You think that was just something polls did off the whim? I don't know, but Quinn wasn't playing well this season. And honestly, Roquan had two really good games and, he himself was very inconsistent other than the, the new England game and the Texans game. So maybe that's their thought process. Maybe they, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate against my own position. Now, maybe they watched the game yesterday and said, this motherfucker's out here loafing. He's not making any plays. Baltimore's calling. If we're going to give up 49 with him in the lineup, might as well trade him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's a sequence that happened, but it's plausible. I mean that's when I go back to the look on his face when they when they traded him. It's right here. Look. <clears throat> I'm gonna take a second for a second if you don't mind. Right there, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming back to this fucking team." 
it, it seemed like he had such an investment in Robert Quinn that that look on his face almost just made it made him go, yeah, that's finalized. I'm not coming back here. I really saw that in his face when that presser was you know released, and they since took it down. And I, I don't know. And then you saw him not really show up in the game this much. I have the defensive stats here. I haven't even looked at him. Let's look. Let's look at him together. It was uh, a brutal day defensively. Brutal. <laughs> Roquan Smith, Just five five tackles. Eddie fucking Jackson had the most ta- the most tackles was Eddie Jackson. So Andy it's almost a, like he took Andy like had he, a pick. Yeah. It's almost like you're saying, like, did he take the uh game off because he was upset about the Quinn trade? It was I don't know. I'm not just I'm just speculating, but that it to me, I almost saw this coming, and it does nothing but help the Bears in the future. So well, let me ask you right now, Dan, because our two defensive captains were Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. Maybe it's easy to throw one on Eddie Jackson. Where's the other captain go now? Do we have another player on the team? You're not going to give it to the rookie, the two rookies in the secondary because they're rookies. Uh, who else is Jalen Johnson? Jalen Johnson. Okay, maybe yeah, maybe Jalen yeah. Johnson. I was going to say we don't really I have anyone else worthy. Yeah. Now I mean, thinking, you go back thinking to the stats. Go ahead, keep thinking, talking. Thinking long term, you know, now they've traded Roquan and they don't have to worry about his salary. What's that do for David Montgomery? Are they more likely to sign him again because they have more money now? I don't know. I, I keep thinking the more Khalil Herbert plays, the more it makes Montgomery expendable, the more successfully that Herbert plays, I should say. I think differently. I think that they like the one-two punch. I think that would be silly to try to break that up. It's a thunder and lightning kind of deal. It is. Yeah, I, I would I, hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So I mean, if they can get real, I, th- I think it, when Montgomery plays, it, it gives it a bit, a bit. Sorry, good. Sorry, Dan. Go, Chris. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think really about the the the, the back. Oh, jeez, mate. Sorry, I'm being very rude. I, I think it's because I always get a bit of a delay on my end, so sometimes I jump a little bit too quick. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I I, I, I want to keep both of them. I, think, I don't think Herbert would be as good without Montgomery playing because they've got, you know, slightly different styles of running. I mean, Montgomery, you know, he's a bit of a thumper where Herbert's got, you know, he's a bit more of a speed merchant. So I think if you got rid of Montgomery and then used Herbert as like the number one back, I, I, I think his productivity might go down a little bit. I agree with you. I would hope that they would, I mean, I know this isn't going to happen, but it'd be great if they just announced an extension for David Montgomery after the trade deadline tomorrow. Just be like, he's our guy. Fuck it. He's our guy. I agree. hundred percent. He's a beast. He I mean, is, that, man. that play against the Patriots where it just, it, he was down two yards behind the line of scrimmage. And somehow, even when you watch the replay, it's hard to even see how he got through all that in slow motion. You know, that play I'm talking about. I do. He's got fucking heart, man. He doesn't go down. He's got a heart. Here's my David Montgomery story. We didn't have the first round pick. All all we had was a second round pick that draft. I was um, in the Keys visiting some friends, and there's a long bus ride back from the Keys to Miami to the airport to take it back home. Plus, there's a time at the airport. I was scouting running backs the entire time on the bus, at at the restaurant, and the airport, 
and I came across David Montgomery and he, he, he was doing, he was running to like his left to, I don't know. It was like a, from the eight, eight yard line. And he did a little Walter Payton stutter step, how he, how he used to, oh, and I, I fell in love with him. I said, that's my guy. And then the bears ended up drafting him. And I couldn't fucking believe that they drafted. It was like one of the first times I could remember that they drafted someone that I wanted with like that first pick, you know? And now here he is just everything that I envisioned in him when I was scouting him, just the guy doesn't go down. His feet are constantly moving. He's, he just, he's so hard to get down his energy, his, his toughness, his strength, his lower body strength. I, I don't think that's something you can just, you know, poo poo on and replace easily to me. He's worth keeping with the amount of money that we have. And you know, don't break the bank on a you know five-year, just give him like a three-year contract. Even if it was like I, I'm thinking three years, 18 million, but that's probably too low. I myself would be happy with like three years, 24 million, but give him a you know a big signing bonus or something like that. Keep the contract a little lower, maybe even guarantee it. But he's yep. worth it to me. I agree, and not to change the topic because I know we need to get to Cliff Notes. Uh, maybe I'm hoping that the last couple of weeks have sold the general manager on Justin Fields. I think that's the most important thing to say we've got our quarterback, and man, he seems to have solidified his spot the last two weeks, in my opinion. He's becoming Six, a leader. 62 points in the last two games. That's development. Mm-hmm. He, his leadership is starting to shine through on the field. You're seeing it. Everyone's – I wish he wasn't running around so much, but that's what just has to be done now. That's just what has to be done. Yeah. Do you want to get – you want Cliff, you want to get your Cliff notes? Choice, Dan. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't. Sure. I, I mean, there, it's sort of a bit of a letdown to go through the Cliff notes now on uh, yesterday's game because of the Roquan news. But I'm sure we're going to be talking about Roquan all week. Yeah. So why don't why don't we go to the Cliff Notes and then uh, we will. By the way, by the way, these aren't Cliff Notes, Cliff. There's two fucking pages to this, dude. You... <laughs> Look, you have 21 different Cliff Notes. That's a fucking Cliff novel. You know, I watch the game and I take notes as I'm watching the game. I I don't realize how many notes there are going to be. This was a high scoring game. There was a lot of action. All right, you better start the counter on him, Kitty. Yeah, we can move quickly through these. <laughs> and, and, and actually, I'm not the one that takes all the time. Chris, it's it's uh, Shorty and Dan are the ones that talk and talk and talk about each point. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff I've watched the show all the time, mate. I know where you're coming from, certainly, mate. <laughs> so, all right, let's get started here. All right, uh, first thing, Dallas has the ball. Uh Morrow is a heat-seeking missile, or I'm sorry, an RB-seeking missile. Now, Morrow sheds a blocker and gets a tackle for loss. Now, do you guys know who doesn't shed blockers formerly on the Bears? Could that Roquan be Roquan Smith. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I edited these a little bit after the news today. <laughs> You're saying Roquan couldn't fight off blocks. He generally does not, yes. And, and Morrow did a very nice job of pushing this blocker away from him. Lineman, too, pushing him away and making the tackle for loss. Excellent observation, Cliff. 
So okay, we're gonna move through these twenty-one points fairly. Turn the fuck up. Just speed through them. Getsy gets crazy. Prescott's shooting. I'm just kidding. All right, Getsy Getsy's crazy. All right, what's the what the heck is this first play? A long bomb to EQ. You know, I, I that doesn't seem like the Getsy Bears. You know, they're run, run, run. So here's a long bomb for the first play. I don't know what he's doing. Unfortunately, Justin Fields vastly underthrows the ball. Yeah, um, vastly. Yeah. And then the next one's on the money and then dropped by Valus Jones, who's done nothing positive since. By the way, I, I said to my buddy before the game, I said, I feel like they're going to game plan around Valus Jones today. And they had the, the end around, they had another play, and then they, and I had that bomb in my head. And then I was like, I saw it come along. I can't fucking believe they're doing it. And then he just, he literally alligator armed it. I was just, just go like that. Uh. All right. The Bears get yeah, every time. Chat- oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm just going to quickly say, but every time Vilas Jones gets the ball thrown to him or from a kick, he's got hands like concrete. I mean, I mean, I, 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 you know, I mean, I never saw him in college. I don't really follow college football that much. But for fuck's sake, mate, you're supposed to be like a, a professional player. I could some of the some of his uh, drops, I, man. I could catch them with my fucking ass. Do you know true. what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, he's supposed to be a professional wide receiver here, and he's, he's, he's a dropping, fucking wanker. He was a fucking wanker, mate. He was he was actually wanker of the week when he dropped that uh, that punt uh, the other week. So uh, his name's been put down on the list. Uh, well, <laughs> well, hold on. Since we're our, since we're at that, it's uh, now is the best time to probably play the the wanker of the week, Kitty, really quick. Wanker of the week. I asked you, Chris, and you said it was Justin Fields for jumping over Micah Parsons. So that's your wanker of the week. It's not mine. <laughs> no, I mean, I thought Justin Fields overall played fantastic, fantastic yesterday, and you know he's one of my favorite players, and I love the kid, and I want him to do fantastic. Uh, but for fuck's sake, man, come on! You know what I mean? That's basic football. That's basic football. And how he jumped over, he could have done himself more injury jumping yeah, over he like he did than just putting it, putting his hands on the guy to put him down. And it cost us seven points. Uh, I yeah, love the he guy. Just, he had to like, have thought that he was touched already. He must have done. I mean, I don't like calling that individual plays, but that were a fucking wanker play, mate. It was terrible. Sorry, if least, we th- sorry for throwing you out of whack there, Cliff. At least the guy in the balls. That he's yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> go on, Cliff. What's the next? All right, go ahead. Prescott. All right, Dallas Bears go three and out there. Uh, Prescott gets the ball back, Dak Prescott, and he's got repeated short passes over the middle. He's shredding the Bears' defense. Uh, you know who doesn't defend those short passes over the middle well? A former Bears player. <laughs> <laughs> God damn you, Ron Rivera. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> So, so he keep Dallas keeps moving the ball down the field. Bears cannot stop him. TD pass to Lamb, or or wait, wait. So Dallas goes down, scores a TD. Then gets he gets crazy. All right, Dallas. Uh, they throw the ball to Lamb, fourteen to nothing. Dallas early. So, what were you guys thinking at that point? Oh shit! <laughs> I was thinking, uh, oh shit, too. I was yeah. thinking someone smack Allen Williams in the face. Wake him up. 
Like, why does his defense always come out flat? He's like the Matt Nagy of our coaching staff now. Like, he's uninspiring. He's flat. He refuses to make adjustments. Like, dude, wake up. Wake up your guys. Fire them up. What are you doing? You always just stand there with that fucking look on your face. Like, you're so sure of everything. Meanwhile, your team's giving up 14, 21, 28 points. Fucking fight. He's just standing there, man, with the – it looks like Forrest fucking Gump sitting on the fucking bench. That look on his face. I don't like this guy. defense is good in the second half. Oh, I'm so sick of hearing that. Uh, do something in the first half. That's why all, when Nagy was coming out, we were always flat in the first half. And it's just like, why are we always – the defense is always – it's like if the defense starts the game, we're like, oh, we're going to be down now, at least mm-hmm. three, if not seven. Like, mm-hmm. dude, do something. It's your fucking job, coach. I know I everyone's going to disagree with me because everyone's like, oh, it's a hot take, but I'll own it. I'll own my hot take. <laughs> I, I agree yeah. with you, Tom. I agree with you, mate. Thank you. What's next, Cliff? All right, I got I to gotta make a comment here. I got to say that Joe Burrow is what we hope Justin Fields turns into. Man, that guy throws a nice ball. Mm. So, okay, yeah, back, back to the game. Valus is quick. You, know, you were talking about his end around. If you hand him the ball, he can actually hold on to it. And he's very good at running with it. It's true. He is. If only he could fucking catch it. Catch it. All right. Now, on this drive, the Bears actually used a combo of QB and RB runs. Yeah, and Justin Fields is good at running. You know, he's got to learn to throw the ball, but he's good at running. Uh Okay, now Field scores a touchdown on the very same QB run they used last week, 14-7 to Dallas. You guys like that? Uh, what do you think, Shorty? You like that touchdown score? Yeah, I did. I didn't see it. To, even as it was developing, I thought, oh, shit, this is the – oh, this is looking really good. Oh, touchdown. So, yeah, it worked well. I'm glad they used it again. How about, how about you, uh, How about you, Chris? What would you think of uh, using the same play twice in a row with – Great results each time. Yeah, if it works, mate, keep doing it. That's what I think. If it works once and you think it can work again, then I've got no problem with that. Uh, and, uh, you know, and we really needed to score as well that part of the game because every time Dallas were getting a ball, they would have scored on every drive. So we were desperate, I think, at that time. Mm-hmm. There was a run late in the game where Fields got like 35 yards and they threw a bullshit penalty on. I'm still mad about that. I don't remember who they called it on, but he gained like 35, 37 yards yeah. running straight up the sideline and they threw a flag. Just hate that. Whenever there's just like, oh, even the announcer's like, oh, that's ticky tack right there. I said the same thing to Kitty last night. I was like, or yesterday. I was like, why is it? It's always on every fucking play they get a long first down on or something, you know, like boom, holding and they reverse it. It's, yeah. And a, a play always, they wouldn't call on Green Bay at all. Never. Yeah, that's what I said to her, too. <laughs> I, I could be wrong. I think that was combat if I remember right, but I'm not positive about it. Okay, we finally caught a touchdown. But anyway, I don't want to skip yes, too much yes. on your points. All right, moving on. It's the Pollard Show. We can just call this game the Pollard Show. Uh, Ezekiel's out for the game, and Pollard shows why he should be the number one running back in Dallas. The Bears can't contain him. Also, Dak is on for this game. I mean, he's throwing good passes. Uh, his timing is good. And Vildor, what do you guys think about Vildor being the target for the oh. Dallas pass attack? 
Why wouldn't he be? He's been the target since his rookie year. I mean, and and that's what I'm saying. Get the guy some help. You got to make adjustments when they're continually just every route is just in front of 22. Boom, boom, first down, first down, first down. But it's like Alan Williams is standing there doing nothing. He's like, you know, it's like if if you were in the corner, if this were boxing, and you saw your fighter continually getting hit with the hit with the left hook, you would you you would make an adjustment. You wouldn't be like, well, that was our game plan coming into today. You adjust in the middle of the rounds because your guy's getting killed. So that's right. what you do with Vildor. But the bear, not the Bears. We just we've got a game plan, and that's what we're sticking to. God, that pisses me off. <laughs> Where are you at there, Cliff? What number are you on? Uh, hey, we are only on six. Dude, you got we... like 18 more to go. You better hurry this shit up. All right, here we go. <laughs> number six is a quick one. Fields is still holding the ball too long. He's got wide open receivers. He's holding the ball. You know, throw it away, Justin. Just get rid of it. All right, directly uh, directly on to seven. Uh, screen to Pettis, double pass weirdness. What yeah. kind of play was this? You know, where did they pull that play out? Which high school team coach gave them that play? And what would have happened if Montgomery caught that ball? He would have been smeared. He would have had to. I think the idea was that Montgomery was going to then throw it deep to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's like some Baltimore Colts play from 1968. I think that first pass was technically a forward pass. So. You know, right. Well, in theory, either. it was supposed to be behind the line. Uh, and I think he was supposed to throw it deep at that point. But I don't know. Like you said, I, if he catches it, he's probably just going to get hit himself. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so that was, that was just uh, some kind of wacko play. I, I Little think... Matt Nagy is trying to outsmart everybody. Yes. Yes. And it 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 was terrible. All right. Number eight. Dallas is a juggernaut. One of the announcers on the broadcast used this word, and I thought it was so good I had to repeat it because that's what they are. Dallas is a top five, six, give or take team. I mean, they're a good team, and they showed the Bears exactly where the Bears are right now. See, I think the Bears could have won yesterday if the defense plays well. Like, Fields was scoring, man. I mean, he he scored 31 points. They just went for two two different times. If you told us last Monday – Boy, the Bears are going to Dallas and going to score 31. You'd be thinking, fuck, we're going to win. Right. For sure. Oh, right. Like, oh, 31-22. 31-24. Whatever. You know, it, I wouldn't have thought we would have lost that game with 31 points. I don't yeah. think we're as far off from Dallas in terms of yesterday anyway. By the way, can I just say, I was not expecting Dallas to come in there and look like the fucking 1997 fucking 49ers moving the ball. They look like a goddamn well-oiled machine. They they had a second-string running back in there that had what 131 yards and three touchdowns. Who the fuck is the guy? I think he is Emmett Smith. I was it scared. Felt, I was scared felt of, like that Minnesota game. I was yeah. scared of Zach Elliott or is that his name? Sorry, uh, Zeke, Zeke Elliott. Zeke Kelly. And then uh, he comes in here and if if Zeke Elliott had that, I would have been pissed off about that. But it was a second stringer that did that. What the fuck, man? Sorry, this Pollard, is my, that's my Pollard, Pollard is better than Zeke right now. He's a better yeah. running back. I think yeah. so. Clearly. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, all right, now the score is 28-7 to 7, Dallas, you know, at, at, after uh, Pollard scored the touchdown. So the Bears get back to the run game finally. They run, 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 including a fourth and one play. Now, fourth and one, they're on their own 45, give or take. 
And they go for it. Now, where did our coaches, our conservative coaches go? And who are these wacky yahoos that have replaced them? <laughs> that, was a big, that was a big run at the time. Uh, yeah, it was a big run at the time. Now, they handed, know, I... they handed the ball to Monty. That's the one good thing that uh, they did there is handing the ball to Monty rather than trying something cute. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, moving on. Number 10, Justin gets hit and throws an interception. Nope. 15-yard uh, penalty. The mm-hmm. Bears keep the ball. That was now, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very, it, you know, I, I was thinking, oh, no, here we go. And then uh, the ref throws the flag. And finally, he, they gave us one. Yeah. yeah exactly. If, if you listen to the play, like, it, just rewind it and listen. They, you could hear the the hit. I think more than anything, because it, it was high toward his helmet, but it was just one of those attention getting, like again, a hit that everyone would clap for in 1999. But it just sounded so violent. The hit, the pads and stuff. I think that's why it drew the flag more than anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so, so Nikhil catches a nice pass for the TD. I wish he would have been on the team a couple of weeks ago because he just showed right there what he can do. Mm-hmm. You know, he can just box out one defender and he's big enough to and quick enough to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. All right, and so we're go ahead. We're at, we're at halftime. All right, well, uh 28-14. Now we're just before halftime. Okay, Dak is intercepted. I, you know, the Cowboys only have like 40 seconds to go, and they try to get in scoring position. And Dak gets intercepted. He didn't mm-hmm. see Eddie Jackson standing right there in the middle of the field because Jackson's mm-hmm. just waiting for the ball. So the Bears try several passes, including a shovel pass. They threw it to the end zone a couple times. They were close, but didn't get the score. Settle for a field goal. And now we're at halftime. Time to take a breath. 28-17, Dallas lead. Game is not out of reach. This is a perfect time for us to take a breath from your fucking cliff novel <laughs> and make an announcement here that um, we, the Barham Network, is hosting an event at King's uh, this coming Saturday. Kitty, kick this off. Let, her, let everyone know what's going on with this. For all you bar flies out there, join us on November 5th at King's. We're going to be there. Uh, Aldo, Dan, myself, Cliff, you're not going to be able to make it. No, unfortunately, it's not uh, like Chris, it. the GoFundMe account didn't work out no, for you. No, nobody but, gives uh, a shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, of course. Next, we love next, you, next year, man. Next year, if I get my ass together, if I get my life together, but I, I will definitely be in Chicago next season. Definitely. But come out, come out to Kings, and I believe I believe it's in Rosemont, and uh, you'll, you'll you'll every all the barflies out there come out and join us. From 2 to 4 p.m. 
at Kings. And uh, we look forward to meeting all of you out there. And it's going to be a great day uh, yeah, prior yeah. to the, the Dolphins game that were Aldo and Dan and my wife and Dan's girlfriend. and we, we, Six of us are going to this Bears game and it's going to be a, a fucking great time. I can't wait. So and It's her birthday on Sunday. Jenny's. Oh, oh excellent. Cool. Yeah. We'll have to make sure we uh, get her, bring her a little birthday cupcake or something. Absolutely. And we got the Smashing Pumpkins drama settled. I, I gave the other ticket to John Buffon. Oh, excellent. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, that's, that should be fun. Dad, then. Dad, I, Dad, I think I just, uh, Dad, I, I, I just think you, I think I had a feeling that Aldo just looked like the Smashing Pumpkins, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I. I think Aldo would have had a good time, but I, you know, he, he has his reasons for not uh, going. So Buffon oh, can take the ticket and we'll, we'll have a great time anyway. And I tried uh, to go with you, I'm Dan. So I just, uh, I couldn't make it work. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm say, glad I'm... to meet you Sunday or Saturday at the, at the, uh, Rosemont. I was about to say the Rosemont horizon, the fucking old arena. <laughs> <laughs> the Rosemont Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going with you because I don't like smashing pumpkins. That, <laughs> no, that's too bad. <laughs> no, I don't. You're too old to like the smashing pumpkins, Cliff. Yes. Yeah. Is that, Led, <laughs> is that Led Zeppelin? Is it Pink Floyd? Is it Rolling Stone? No. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to the second right. half of your Cliff Notes. <sighs> Wildcat weirdness. All right. Bears have the ball. They run a Wildcat snap to Montgomery. He Fakes a handoff to Justin. Somebody please tell me what this play is supposed to accomplish. It worked the second time, though. Yeah. The first one was so weird how it happened. You almost didn't see it happen in real time. It was like, what just what the hell just happened? And then it was a wildcat. And he was just stuffed. And you know who didn't get fooled by it? The defense. Mm-hmm. I bet well, Roquan I, would be fooled if he had been on the Dallas defense. He would have I been believe, completely you know, I believe you. I actually, I have that comment right here. I'm adding it right now. I agree. <laughs> all, right, all right. So, anyways, Dallas gets the ball back, and they punt after going three and out. This is memorable because this is their first punt in the game, in the third quarter. All right. Now, so – the Bears are still in this game, 28-17. Uh, do they have a chance? You know, Fields throws a nice pass to a wide-open Mooney. Justin Herbert takes the ball, runs for a TD, 28-23 Dallas. This was the one point in the game that I thought the Bears might have a chance at, at you know, winning this game. Mm-hmm. Were you guys mm-hmm. feeling the same way? What do you think, Dan? Oh yeah. I was like, this is it. I mean, this is the comeback. This is what we've been waiting for. We're in the game where I'm always thinking we're in the game. So I'm going to let you go next, Chris. I would exactly the same. It felt like the, you know, the second half of the Minnesota game. I thought, yeah, finally we've, we've caught up and, you know, we're in a, in a margin where we can, you know, we can compete and, uh, you know, and, and get, you know, if we can get a couple of touchdowns quickly, that, that, that was the most positive part of the game for me, really. Uh, you know, because I thought, yeah, we close the game, uh, keep the pressure, stop scoring uh, on every fucking drive, then we might have a chance. Yeah, yeah, you kind of broke up a little bit there, so I didn't hear quite everything you said, but, you know, I, I for the most part, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, it's, uh, 
Yeah. Move on to the next one. <laughs> All right. This was the good. This was the best part, best point in the game because we suddenly got a bunk, bucket of cold water dumped on our heads by the name of Tony Pollard, the cold bucket of Tony Pollard water. He shows up again. Dallas goes right down the field. Pollard runs for a TD, 35-23 Dallas. All right. I was disgusted at that point. I was just fucking disgusted. All right, now now we're looking at the uh, the hurdle play. It, you know, Justin Fields is actually not in the pros. He's in college. So when somebody catches an interception and they fall down, they are not allowed to get up and run again. But no, wait. Justin's been in the pros for two years. So you would think that he would know better than that. So it, I just he, feel like he thought that somebody else had already touched him, and he was just like – very gazelle-like, trying to avoid hitting him to avoid an injury to himself, or That's a penalty, or a late hit. Right. I, I really think he thought he was downed already by someone else. I, as oh. did I watching the game. I was like, that you know, the Bears have done this like five times in the last two years now alone. Ooh. It seems. Like. I mean, it took a fucking you know a replay that went on for a while to decide whether or not he was touched or not. So. Yeah. As I mentioned, he should have kicked him in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. On to number 17. We're almost done here. All right, Justin Fields can run. Uh, long run by Justin, and uh, as Dan was saying, here's the penalty. Ball comes back. Now, Valus, the, the Bears have obviously decided not to throw the ball to Valus, so they hand it to him again, and he runs for another first down. Did I mention that he is quick? And now, the good, seriously, the good thing about this is the Bears have not given up yet. You know, they don't quit. They keep playing. So, he is the heart and soul of the team. I said this before. Like, he reminds me of – he's like the modern-day Walter Payton of this team. You know, he's doing everything he can like Walter did in the, you know, mid to late 70s, early – everything that Walter could do to make the team win – and to make the team better, he did whatever it took, and that's what I'm seeing from Fields. And uh, God damn, it's just—it's going to come together. It really is. He's shown improvement, yeah. so that's that's and that's what we were all we were looking for development this year. Nobody except for uh, Shorty thought the Bears were going to go eleven and six this year, and I still do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds so, anyways. Clear. <laughs> Anyways, Dallas gets the ball back. And what time is it now? It's time for the third movie in the trilogy called Pollard Show Part 3. Pollard breaks free again. You know, this movie is getting... I The first one, all right, it was fun to watch. The second one, a little bit boring. This third one, they're just trying to make money from the uh, the trilogy here. Because he, <laughs> he does the same thing and runs for another touchdown. We've seen that before. 49-29 Dallas. Uh-huh. I think at this – hey, Chris, I think at this point you knew the game was over. Oh, definitely, mate. I were, uh, I would bang my head against the table. You know, I'd stop praying. You know, a- any positive vibes coming from the UK stopped. And, uh, yeah, I would just wait for the game to finish and move on. <laughs> That's how I won at the time. Oh, man. Dan, how did you feel then? 
Uh, at what point? I'm sorry, what was the question? The, 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 the third touchdown run after, by Pollard. After the last score, 49-29. I, I, mean, I just thought, well, let's go ahead and get another score. I mean, the I, Bears were close to scoring again. I I wasn't giving up yet. I just thought, man, we just if we get another score here, we're down 13, you know? I mean, I thought the same thing. Like, if we could just get the move the ball, and then I'm just seeing Justin run for his life again. It's just it's uh, it's like Groundhog Day. That la- the second two point conversion, he got drilled on blindly yeah. too. Yeah. Oh my God, what was that all about? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What that was much? very strange. Just how quickly he got blindside oh, yeah. drilled like that. He didn't yeah. even see that guy coming, even though the guy was coming yeah. directly at him. No, yeah, and it was quite a high hit as well. I'm surprised he get called for uh, you know for the personal foul on that. It seemed to be. You know, quite quite like a headshot nearly. Right, right. Someone just made a reference to Leonard Part 6. I, I missed the context, but I do remember that Bill Cosby movie. <laughs> In the chat room. <laughs> oh, I get it now. Pollard Show Part 3. I got we it. We have an educated chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right, we okay. do. Definitely we I'm, do. On to number 19. And I apologize for going to 21 this week. You know, next week we'll keep it under 20. All right. The Bears are still playing hard. There's no give up on this team. Uh, they go back to the run, you know, and, and they realize they lost. So they're killing clock too. But they did convert that other fourth down play. And, and you know, I believe that was once again using a wildcat. Yeah. The hand, the fake hand off to fields again. Here's the thing, right? They're giving you hope. There, there is, there has not been any moment in this season where it's been so desolate. Maybe at some point at the end of the Packers game, and at maybe some point of the end of this game. But even though there still was that moment of hope up until the very end in this game, where you realize, okay, we can't score anymore, but we were scoring. Mm. That all season long, you've at least been in the game and you felt that you've, you've been feeling like, okay, they're driving, they're driving. They get, you know, the three, they were down in the red zone on the goal line three times in a row in the commander's game. And, you know, they were coming, coming back in the Vikings game and fuckface drops the ball or he catches the ball and doesn't run a run out of bounds. And he gives the ball back to the Vikings. And then you have the, you know, the giants game. It's, these are all winnable games and you're feeling like it's, the hope is not lost. Even in this last game when they lost by 20 fucking points, you still felt like at some point they could win this. They, they could come back and at least tie this game and make something out of it. And that's what I'm enjoying out of this team myself the most personally. Mm. But I, I yeah, just I, tried. So, sorry, sorry, Dan. I'm just, no. I'm just trying not to be too sort of English cynical. We're quite cynical over here. So my cynical head were coming on going, Oh, we're fucked. Fuck it. Let's move on to next week. So uh, I like your positivity, Mr. Shorty. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah, I <laughs> honestly felt that the score, uh, usually I, I'm like, man, the score wasn't as close as it may indicate. But it's the opposite this way. It, it's like we we lose by 20, but that is not indicative of, of how the game felt. Uh, and it just seemed like the Bears played much better than a 49 to 29 loss. I feel like that that sort of uh, it skews, like you said, we were in the game. Mm-hmm. I think we're all happy seeing some offense. Yeah. Is that your 21? Oh, yeah, Did we do your no, thoughts? Nope. We are, we are uh, finishing up 19. 
All right. In the same drive, Justin again gets sacked holding onto the ball. And if you watch that play, there were at least two, maybe three receivers wide open directly in front of him. You know, it's the worst part of his game. He needs to learn to throw the ball. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, throw. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, throw. Or one throw if he needs to. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe he feels like he has to hit the home run shot because the defense was playing so poorly. I'm just wondering how much it has to do with his his white like his delivery. Is it taking does it take him too long to get a, a one throw out or a one two three throw? Because it's almost like if he's doing one two three, he should almost be winding up as he's doing one two, and then by the time he hits three, he's ready to throw because he has that. He still seems to have that where it's just Aaron Rodgers can go from here to there and here to there and here to there. It's the quick release. You know, you're not seeing that that quick yeah. release unless he's running the ball where he's going out and then he has to quick release it because he's on the move. Right. But in the pocket, one, two, three is more like, you know, it, I don't know. Part of me thinks that this is some t- something to do with the coaching that's been going on throughout the off season and it was footwork and his mechanics. Is he thinking about it too much? Is he, is he not doing it? Is, is he reverting back to the old? I don't know, but these are the things that do kind of worry me as a fan watching quarterbacks for my entire life, trying to assess what is good and bad. And I'm not saying I'm correct, but it's, these are just things I'm noticing that I'm not really concerned with because I think I'll correct them because of his mannerisms and his ability to, you know, work and want to be the best at his craft. But just something about that. What, like, where's the slant passes? Where's that, like you said, Dan, where's the the slant? The one, two, three, boom, slant. The one, two, slant. You know, it's like the ability to come out to get the ball out of his hand that quick doesn't exist yet. Mm. It, I mean, you think... could... Sorry, Dad. No, I mean, okay. it could also it could also be down to that the receivers aren't just getting open because you know we've hardly be... got the best we've hardly got the best receiver roster in the league, have we? Really, boys. So it could just be a fact that when he's looking down doing his reads, there's nobody open. True, it could be. On this play, I thought he just wasn't processing because from the camera angle behind him, you could clearly see directly in front of him, receiver coming across the middle, nobody within four or five yards of him. Right. And that's there's your outlet right there. Throw the ball to him. And Justin just doesn't seem to be processing even when someone's directly in front of him. So I think it's a mental issue. Coming from a bunch of armchair quarterbacks. Yes. Oh, yes. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if it's from a source that's uh, reputable, but it says the Los Angeles Rams and Chicago Bears have made preliminary contact regarding a trade that would send David Montgomery to Los Angeles in return for a mid-fourth-round pick and Cam Akers. Whoa. Oh, man, I do not want Cam Akers. Again, it may not be a legitimate uh, report, so it's just on Twitter. What? How many, how many players? How, how many players ahead, are Chris. we have left? Are we gonna have about ten players left by end of, by the end of the free agency market? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Sorry, Cliff. I, 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 now Cam Akers, I think he had torn Achilles. Running yeah. backs don't come back from that. I mean, none basically. Uh, you know, maybe one. Yeah, I. I but that's an injury that if you are going to come back, you're probably not going to be 100% of what you were in the past. Uh, 
So there's a mm-hmm. reason the Rams are trying to dump him everywhere. I think I'm going to yeah. vomit right now, guys. <laughs> Dan, yeah. please tell me you're fucking with me. That's, I mean, like I said, it could just be somebody in their basement making it up, but it was on Twitter. <sighs> Let's hope. Yeah, I don't I like just, that at all. To oh, me, the, the, the two guys in this team that you can't trade at this point are Justin Fields and Cairo Santos. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, can we get Cairo in the Pro Bowl? I mean, how many more kicks does he have to make to get some kind of fucking th- recognition? I'm going to be honest with you. I thought you were about to say Justin Fields. And then you said David Montgomery, and I just became half as sick. <laughs> I hope God. it's just a bullshit thing somebody made up. So, but yeah, like to me, Fields is untouchable. At least I hope he is. You would think. Yeah. All right. At number 20, only two more to go. All right. Dallas runs the clock. Dallas continues to run the clock down, of course. Bears use their timeouts. I'm not really sure why they did that. Maybe they're showing they're still trying. And then they run the clock themselves. They know the game is over. Uh, Bears at least did not pull a Seattle and keep running crazy plays down by 20. So they realized the game was over. Can I interject there? You're right. It's like right around the nine-minute point you saw like, you're like, come on, let's fucking go. Like run the two-minute offense. What the fuck? And they're just like lagging around the whole time. And I'm like, they're, they're conceding. They're conceding. You're right. Definitely conceded when they brought in number 15 at quarterback as well. Yes. And oh, yeah. number 25 at running back. Yeah. Well, they were getting their asses handed to them that game. So for they them to last, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter wasn't that bad. Correct. All right. Point 21. We are done after this. Okay. Thoughts. My thoughts for this game directly right after watching the game. Justin still holds the ball when he should be throwing it. Justin can run. Excuse me. Bears have scored 62 points in their last two games. That's some development. And then I added Roquan trade changes everything. (laughs) (laughs) That was perfect. I mean, Just sitting there and you fucking lazy boy. <laughs> I don't like this chair. I like to sit like this, you know. It's this you have to lean back in this one. <laughs> I just I just heard and, Kitty laugh from the other room at you. And 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 Shorty. All right, I need points scored tonight. That's why I'm sitting in this chair. We are eight minutes out from halftime, and it's nothing, nothing on Monday night football. I am losing my ass in fantasy football as we speak. Uh, I, I, mean, <laughs> I have nothing to say for fantasy football clips. So. <laughs> I do. Oh, God. Hey, it's, know, bra- it's bragging rights for a year. So the, the thoughts, guys. I'm going to go last. Right. I'll let you go first, Chris. We'll, we'll go around to Dan after you. Uh, I mean, my thoughts were we scored a lot of points against a really good defense. Which you know, which was amazing, but it it felt like an upside down Chicago Bears game to me because it's usually our defense which is strong, and our offense which struggles to score points, especially over the last sort of two three years. So I, it felt like you know a bit back to front. It was really weird, but I mean I saw Justin develop again, move on again. He definitely looks like he's 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 more of a leader. Um, you know the offense looked great. 
But it, I was just shot by how the defence was just getting mauled. You know, I couldn't stop. My brain couldn't sort of, is this really the Chicago Bears defence getting battered and nearly getting a 50-burger on us? It was so weird. So, yeah, I mean, it could see the offence scoring because we haven't seen that for a long time, consistency. Uh, in a consistent way, sorry. But the defence, I, I was like, well, Quinn's gone, but you're only one person. I mean, I know he might get he might have been getting double teamed a lot uh, when he was playing for us, but it was like, it was like it, I don't know. I just can't put it into words about how I, how I felt about the defence. I, I was sort of in shock more than anything else. Yeah. I agree with Chris. To have that dynamic performance against New England, the best performance, in my opinion, of the season on defense, and to follow mm. that up six days later with arguably the worst is just a harsh dichotomy for me to, like I said, to comprehend. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, how is the, how is this happening? I was so frustrated and demoralized by the defense's inability to make anything happen. I know it was just exactly like you said. It was so demoralizing just watching our defense just get, you know, de destroyed by, it. like I said, it was like a, like the 90s 49ers offense, just boom, 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 boom at one point in the game. What they scored four times in a row. And at one point, the uh, announcers were like, oh, they, they finally didn't score again on this drive. You know, it was yeah, like, oh, fuck pointed. you. Yeah, yeah, and then they they interviewed Mike uh, McCarthy. Of course, you recall from Green Bay. I, I like to call she, him Porky Pig. Yeah, yeah. She was giving like the didn't have it on video. It was just like quoting him, and he was like, "Oh no, I'm not worried about the Bears at all." You know, it's like strange fucking accent. I don't know. I think he's from Pittsburgh, but it's it sounds like like a like redneck New England or something when he talks, but. But anyway, yeah, he was so conceited saying that uh, he w wasn't worried about the Bears at all. And I just was wishing that I could punch him in the fucking stomach I or fucking face. I hate Mike McCarthy. Like I said, I to me, he's Porky Pig. <laughs> you know, not that he talks like that, but he just reminds me of just Porky Pig. Like you're up there in Green Bay eating all those fucking sausages <laughs> you think you'd lose a little bit of weight in Dallas, but maybe you're eating all that barbecue. I don't know. Just fucking slow down, buddy. You're getting old, you know? I can't make any weight jokes. But I can't make any weight jokes on anybody, but yes, whatever. Fuck you, Mike McCarthy, you <laughs> fat fuck. Mike McCarthy <laughs> will always be a Packer to me. Yeah, yep, same here, same here, Cliff. Yeah. And I'm not making fat jokes he's got, fat he's got a I apologize. I'm not making fat uh, jokes, fat people, and Dan and you included. I'm just saying, uh, Mike McCarthy to me is Porky Pig. He just, I don't know. I just, I hate him. I have my own disdain for him. It's, it has nothing to do with anybody else. <laughs> I always said when he had a beard uh, that he looked like Shane Marsa, but not, not like I'm ca not calling Shane fat or anything. But like just when McCarthy has the beard, Shane's beard looks very similar. Never saw that. <laughs> Anyway, this is my dog, by the way. What's your dog's name? Buddy. My son named him. How old is he? I think he's five now. He's still in his prime. I can hear he, Kitty. Oh, he thinks he weighs like 15 pounds. So, you know, he's, he's oh, no, very I, happy I, to jump up. 
We have a 50-pound and a 65-pound dog that think that they weigh 15 pounds each or less. You know, I get it. So, So, guys, getting back to Roquan. Yeah. I mean, Mm. I'm happy with the trade. I really am. I really am. This, I think this is how you build a team. You have to make those certain sacrifices that your fans are going to blow up about. And, you know, it, remember, you guys, and, and I'm not comparing this to the Herschel Walker trade by any other means other than the fan reaction is such that it could just make your hair go on fire, right? But this could be a trade where, you know, we if, if they draft right, which it seems like they've been doing well and, you know, polls did well in the first draft. How much of that had to do with the previous scouts that were fired? I don't know. That's a good question for another day. But you would think that if if he was able to do what he's done so far, you'd be able to trust him with this process moving forward. And, yeah, we're 3-5, and five and we could still win out and go 11-6 and six or, you know, just lose one more game. I mean, you know, one more mm. game. Who cares? But, you know, it, it, it's I like what Poles is doing here, and I, I back him on this. I really do. I, I, I don't want to pay Roquan Smith 20-plus million dollars a year and hamper our team for the next however many years for an off-the-ball linebacker that we could easily draft with one of those picks that we picked up. That's my thoughts. Mm. Cliff, I'll go, let's, go, let's go around the, around the cliff. We'll go to you, oh, okay. Chris. I'm, I'm really wondering – if the Bears are seriously tanking now. Because I never thought they were going to do that. But when you start dumping two really good players in a row like that, it makes me think just a little bit. They may be trying to get a few more losses. And I'm also wondering to extrapolate from that, have uh, Poles and Cunningham and Eberflus, have they looked at who's going to be available in the draft in 2023? And do they have certain points that they want to be at so that they can get the players they think are going to be there? I'm sorry to interject, but there's I'm seeing someone here in chat saying, uh, where is it at? Uh, oh, it's moving too fast. Hold on a second. Uh, Everybody somebody... stop chatting so Shorty can find it. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> oh, where was it at? Somebody said something about the Roquan... Smith trade. God damn it. Oh, here. Right, here it is. Ron Crawford says, I think the Raiders won our Mac trade. I disagree with that because we ended up turning the Mac trade. We ended up getting uh what three extra picks out of that from this this last draft that we have turned into people that are starters on this team now. So I'm gonna just disagree with you politely, Ryan. There, I think that we actually won that because what has Josh Jacobs done for that team? Is he still? I think Jacobs at- is good. Uh, just the uh, the guy from New England, McDaniel's, wasn't good in Denver. He's not good now. I mean, I I think to give up the two first round picks for Mac that the Raiders were clearly the victors of that trade. Although that did help us get Brisker, but that's like you know we traded uh, two third round picks for Brandon Marshall, and one of those third round picks was cause of the Greg Olson trade, but yet we still say we, we were completely foolish for trading Greg Olson. Right. So 
but we still ended up with Brandon Marshall as a result of that. But I still think that you can have two independent thoughts at the same time. The Olsen trade was bad. The Mac trade ended up being bad for the Bears too, in my opinion, because he had mm-hmm. like half a good season. I mean, overall it was because he gave up two first round picks. So I guess it was, but. And if you listen to the bar room at any point, I'm sorry to step on you, Dan. I was criticizing Mac in 2019. I was like, dude, this guy's not living up to his money at all. And people were acting like I was saying that their children had, had down syndrome. Like, like they were taking it personally and go, Oh, fuck you, Dan. You don't know what you're talking about. And (laughs) God, I had, I mean, I took some serious heat for, calling out Khalil Mack, who, again, who had about 10 good games in his tenure with the Bears. And it's crazy. If you all recall the Bears' 100th anniversary in 2019, they put Khalil Mack as the 60th best Bear of all time. (coughs) Wow. Right, exactly. I think he just killed them. (laughs) Oh, they had Patrick Manley in there, too. I'm like, what the fuck, man? No Curtis Conway or Jeff Graham, but Patrick fucking Manley. <laughs> he's so bad on the post game on the score, too. God, he's horrible. Now, Josh Jacobs is doing well this year. So up until this year, I would say actually that both teams lost on that mm. trade. So it's 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 really complicated. Shorty, you got a good point with if you figure out all the factors, the Bears did okay. But the way Jacobs is playing, you know, Raiders didn't do that bad either. Yeah, not terribly. Yeah. So, like, uh, how do you guys, I mean, moving forward, how do you guys feel? Like, now we have another game coming up, right? We have to put all this shit behind us. How do you feel? Like, what, what are your feelings about the Dolphins? Because what do we do now without Roquan Smith against the Dolphins? Not that he's going to cover, you know, one of their speedy wide receivers, but who the fuck is going to cover their speedy wide receivers? I, I, we're going to be watching that game together, Dan. It's going to be a you lot of You better get help, help for 22 <laughs> right now. You better mm-hmm. find a way to give help for 22. Mm-hmm. Vildor is definitely the weak link. Uh, Jalen Johnson should be back into like quote unquote football shape now. And, uh, you know, Gordon's getting better. I still think Brisker's going to keep getting better. Eddie Jackson's his resurgence is in full swing. So the secondary, you know, maybe they can handle some of these plays, but it's those slants on Vildor that just, they, he gets beat incessantly. Yeah, he does. Chris. I mean, I mean, I see the bigger business, like well, like we discussed earlier on. I, I see the business side of it, but it just feels a bit demoralizing for the rest of the season. I just feel like, you know, we're going to see a lot of shit, shit bears football, and it's just, it's just going to be, you know, demoralizing, but also in a weird way as well, which I'm contradicting myself certainly. It's quite exciting to think, oh, well, what's going to happen next year with all this cap money and all these draft picks? So uh, I think it's just a matter of bearing, you know, just getting through this season, even though I'm much like Dan, I don't feel like we're out of it completely. And then just and then see what they're going to do the next couple of seasons, because I think that's where we can really start judging how good this GM is and the coaches when, when they've got all the, um, you know, the, they've got everything what they need they need to do about getting better players in 
Uh, and I think that's where we can really sort of start saying, well, are they up to it? Are they making the right decisions? You know, was all this worth worth all these players being shipped out of the club? Uh, but it's just going to be... It's just like, you just feel like on Sunday, the Dolphins, I just don't feel excited about it anymore. I'm like, well, you know what I mean? Or maybe that's just, that, maybe that's just me being a, a, an English, cynical English guy, you know what I mean? Man, I, I hate to, dis, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody's opinions because mine are just as equal as theirs. But I feel like I just saw someone, I don't know who it was, talking about, it's just like, to me, it was like this fucking crutch that we all, as Bear fans, gave Khalil Mack. Oh, he he's triple teamed on every play. Four people are on Khalil Mack today. Did you see that? Aldo made the point, the only time he succeeded in Chicago was when he was playing against someone's backup. I've seen, I saw Khalil Mack get single blocked by a tight end numerous times, but as Bear fans, we have to, like, you know, make this shit. Oh, no, he was triple teamed on every play. Same excuses were made for Julius Peppers here, too. Oh, he's so good. He makes everybody else better, even though he has no stats at all. None. It's because he's getting triple teamed. Hey, come on. I wanted to see how the Bears Two playoff players. games. Mac made no plays in two playoff games with the Bears. That's True. all you need to know. True. Good point. Go ahead, Cliff. All right. I want to see how the Bears players react to losing mm. the Dallas game and to having two of their captains, you know, two of the big names on the team, be gone within a week. So are they going to recover and come back, or are they all going to be terrified that if these two guys could go, anybody could go? Who's going to step up, right? Who's going to be the next man up? Jalen Johnson. I want the fucking C on my jersey. <laughs> you know, somebody has to. And mm-hmm. if they don't, we're going to see another bad game. And when does God Adams come it, back? He was in the game yesterday. Okay, so maybe they start. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to put him in the middle, but I was going to say uh, Jack Sanborn, baby. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, the Thomas you know, guys played okay. Jack Sanborn time, baby. <laughs> you, you may Jack see some. Sanborn time. You may see some AJ Klein too. I mean, his last right. salary was uh, six million a year for three years, so he's not garbage, you know. And and uh, he was released by a team and then i think the giants picked him up immediately put him on their practice squad and then baltimore grabbed him off the practice squad to put him on their active roster so even though he's been around the league and he's going into his 10th year he still is well liked by teams fucking good facts cliff and he's played multiple positions at linebacker so at the very least i think he's going to be a good backup and you never know i mean he may be better than uh adam Hey, man, when you look at these defensive stats, you're seeing somebody getting fucking 11, 12 fucking tackles a game. In this case, it was Eddie Jackson. Roquan Smith took a back seat. He said, I'm out of here. Fuck this team after the Robert Quinn trade. So, I mean, you could easily, oops, sorry. You could easily see the Klein come in and just give us 10 tackles in a game. You could see... I mean, fuck it, Jack Sanborn. He appears to be a, a a tackling machine as far as preseason goes. But what happens when you put him in a game? I saw him in there at least one play this past weekend. Yeah, I'm not sure how many, how many more he was in, but I think that they were kind of trying to warm him up because I think if they put him at uh, middle linebacker and they move Morrow 
to the will, will position. Yeah. They could have something just as good as they have now. They might have the same tackling machine in Jack Sanborn. We don't know. But they're seeing it on the field. We're not, you know, in practice. I, I don't think we know what's going to happen game to game now. They're just doing so many things on the Bears that I have no idea what's going to happen against Miami next week. I know. It's kind of exciting in a way. Yeah. That's how I feel, Cliff Turley. It's just sort of like, you know, there's just not to be any continuity, especially when we beat the Patriots. And, you know, all, all three parts of the team played really well. And, you, and I'm thinking, this is it. This is it, man. It's all starting to click. And now all oh, this has happened with, you know, these two players gone. And, you know, it's just really hard to predict how, how like like Cliff said, how, how players are going to react to these situations. So, uh at least, at least it could be really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts on that, Dan? I can only hope selfishly, since I'm flying out there, that we can win on Sunday at the very least. <laughs> since I'm there, <laughs> oh, that would be tremendous. Uh, and if Detroit can hang with them and have the lead in the fourth quarter, I mean, they've got one win. You'd like to think that the Bears could, and we'll be back in our Navy jerseys finally for the first time since week one. And by the way, by the way, for all of you barflies out there and everyone watching Bears Country podcast on our own channel, remember this. Come out to Kings and join us from the Barroom Network and Bears Country Podcast. We're going to have all the Barroom Network guests and hosts there. All of our bar flies. We're hoping to get you guys there so we can hang out with you. It should be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys join us from 2 to 4 p.m. on this next coming Saturday. It's going to be a blast. Uh, one, uh, maybe I could have told you this off air, but since we're talking about the plug, as a result of that, I won't be able to be on next Monday because my flight, I don't even land back in uh, Virginia until like, I don't know, nine next Monday. And then I've got an hour and a half drive back to the house. So No, I figured that for sure. We talked about that before, though. So, Well, just I, reminding. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So next oh, Monday on Bar Next Monday, be... Cliff has 35 Cliff Notes. <laughs> 35 fucking Cliff Notes to next Monday's game. I'll stop we'll... in for you, Dan, next week if you want. I'll come there back on go. next week if you like. Hop yeah, in with... Great. Hop in with I'll, I'll be great. I'll, I'll, I'll be your backup, mate. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. You're you're a backup yeah. mate, Chris. Yeah, Mike Cheers. North is supposed to be there. Someone, Laz, asked yeah. if Mike North is... Yeah, he is scheduled to be there. Hopefully he's there to meet with the fans because we're going to be doing a ballroom a ballroom event from you know twelve to two and then from two to four is the uh, ballroom the bar fly event so uh, we hope to see all of you there that'll be a lot of fun I mean yeah. Kitty and I are flying in from here in Georgia and it's our home state and Dan's flying in to watch the game we're all going to the game together Dan Aldo and Kitty and I and his girlfriend and my wife and blah 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 but it's going to be a great weekend for all of us 
We would love to have all of you barflies come out and meet us at King's in Rosemont that Saturday before. It'd be so much fun to meet you guys. Hey, hey Cliff, does it feel like they're rubbing it in now in our faces that we can't make it? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sell that house yet, Cliff, huh? Uh, well, it's gotten more complicated. So, <laughs> oh, God damn, really? Yeah, you think my cliff notes were long? I could tell you the history of this sale, and you know, I, there's absolutely no way I can leave town at this point. Yeah, okay. So, so Chris, how you doing, buddy? And Dan, what's up? We didn't, we didn't hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's do would... this next year, and then I will definitely plan on being there. <laughs> <laughs> I love this segment where you start talking shit and we just pull you out. It's the best part of this segment. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk faster. Hey, Cliff. Cliff, don't take this shit, man. You know, you're, 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 the, you're the guy who glues the show together with your Cliff notes. Uh, don't That's listen right. to all, all this bullshit. You know what I mean, mate? <laughs> you know, I talk, I talk to people and they say, oh, you're the Cliff Notes guy. And like, yeah, yeah. I'm on with uh, Shorty and Dan. They're like, who? Yeah, you're 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 the cliff you're you're the cliff notes guy, and I'm the wanker man. So I don't know which is there. There you go. We've, we've got our bits. Yes, that's it. You're brother. the wanker man. I love I love your wanker. Your wanker. I, the wanker of the week is there. Can't be anything better than that. The wanker of the week. I would love for Chris's intro to be the British Bulldogs uh, theme song. The old WWF wrestlers. Oh, <laughs> do it. I'll, I'll work I do, I do remember him. I do remember him as he had. Did he have uh, like dreadlocks, like beads yeah, in his hair and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah, 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 man. I'm just a rookie to all this. I mean, this th I've only been podcasting for literally three months, so I mean, I, I'm a rookie to all this. But the fact that we're like getting into stuff we can do like this. It's a lot of fun. I have fun doing that, you know. And the cliff notes, I mean, those are fun. So Cliff and Chris, you are obviously both and, and Dan, of course, Dan. You're 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 a barum staple, but you're welcome to Cliff, you're part of the show. But Chris, you're you're welcome to be on the show anytime, and we love having you. Really, really seriously. Oh, mate, you don't want to be saying that, mate, because I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be asking you every week, mate, I'm telling you, because I, I love speaking to you guys, man, and it's always a great opportunity to speak to Mr. Dan Aguirre with them golden Sonic toes. Is that, that good? You can sell sex toys. <laughs> there are sex toys in there somewhere? <laughs> Here, I found Chris's thing. Can I cut out with the stage? You found Chris's theme, Dan? What? Yes. There it is. Yes, thank you. That should be under Chris's uh, anytime he's talking, like faintly in the background. I love it. You have to send that to me. I'll uh, I have oh, to find that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll work on that, Chris. I'll get your opener better. I'll make it more European. I feel like Betty Hill is the best. <laughs> oh, for for some good news, I did a search for the uh, Montgomery potential trade. I didn't find anything on it, 
So I'm not I'm not seeing any kind of confirmation on that. Oh, good. Dan's just trying to give us a fucking heart attack over good. here. <laughs> yes, not for acres, please. Oh God, no, please. <laughs> Too many injuries, and I, I love David Montgomery. Please don't trade him, Bears. Please don't. I get it, but please don't. They have the money; they can pay him now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but the McCaskies really like him as well. Don't they? They're a big fan of him, the owners. So hopefully, they might, you know, they might want to sort of step in and say, "We want to keep the guy." Yeah, publicly, publicly, they have been a big uh, fan of Montgomery, haven't they? Well, let's let's continue it. You know, I've said all along that the the two running backs work better in combination than either one of them would do separately. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. I agree, mm-hmm. guys. Some parting thoughts. I'm looking forward to every game. You know, I mean, well, that's it. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I am. So, sorry, Cliff. No, sorry, Cliff. You, you, you finished, mate. I, I no, let's go, accidentally. No. Chris, let's go around the horn. You first, then Cliff. You go, Chris. Um, I mean, my final thoughts is it's going to be very interesting to see what it's what what the squad's going to be like against the Dolphins. You know, who they're going to have played in Rokon's, you know, old position. And, you know, there's a bit of mystery going on. Who knows what's going to happen now? Uh, but I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend uh, in Chicago. I mean, I'm not jealous at all, you bastards. And uh, <laughs> it's, been an abs- it's been an absolute joy meeting Cliff, man. I'm so happy to finally speak to Cliff because I love the Cliff notes. I know, I know Dan's been ragging you about the length of it, but... Even if you've done 42 points, I'd have still been interested, mate. Uh, it's been an honour to meet you, Cliff, and it's uh, always a blast talking to Dan and uh, and happy birthday again, Guy, uh, again, mate. Thank you, sir. And thank you, Chris. You as well. You know, I've always enjoyed listening and watching you, so it's great being able to talk to you. Uh, you know, basically face to face here. So, all right, now my thoughts. I oh, appreciate that, I'm- mate. Sure, sure. Now, my thoughts are I'm really interested in seeing the long-term effects of what Poles and Flus are doing to the Bears. They're not scared to do things. So we're just going to have to buckle our seatbelts and sit back for the next two years. This next offseason is going to, you know, a, a shorty, your show is going to be fantastic over the offseason because we are going to have so much to talk about. I can't so, any- wait. But, Anybody who Kitty, thinks that Kitty, Kitty said to me, what are you going to talk about in the offseason? I was like, <laughs> here we go. Yes. <laughs> so anybody that's trying to judge the Bears just based on the fact they let two players go, sit back, relax, go along for the ride. Let's see what happens. Yeah. It's your turn, Dan. Well, you know, design. I think most people in hindsight, even if they weren't on board at first, We'll agree that the the Mac trade was good because you got Brisker and there was the cap limitations if you kept him. But I think the jury's still going to be out on the Roquan trade for a while. I don't know if he'll be re-signed in Baltimore following this, but a lot of poll like how good a GM polls is is going to be is going to probably be compared to Roquan now because of the trade. Like it's it's a bold move. 
and I hope that it ends up being the correct one. Mm. But in again, I I still would like somehow, some way for them to play decent defense the rest of this year and and try to win some games. I mean, you never know what could happen. Some of these plays that have been going against us the first half that resulted in some losses may go the other way now. Like the fields are starting to get more respect nationally, and maybe they start throwing some more of those 15-yard flags when he gets fucking crushed. And maybe some of those result in wins. So I I just don't want to throw the white flag right now on 2022. And and I hope they don't. I hope the Bears can still win some games. Uh, I'm going to wrap that up by saying I don't think that they did this move in thinking that they were going to trash this season. I think that they literally thought that they had somebody else on the team that might be able to fill that role. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. Number 57 from Wisconsin. Rookie. Undrafted. But there might be somebody on this team that can – get some tackles, fill up that space, and they can plug the rest of the season and help the team to build the capital that it needs to to be great. Like every great team does crazy historic moves like this to where the fan base goes, what the fuck? And then that team all of a sudden ends up a powerhouse in the near future and nobody remembers that. And I think that this is truly a, a, a building block that, that pulls and this regime is doing. And I think that Iberflus was 100% behind it because I think that they knew they were not going to be able to resign Roquan. And this would be a mess in the end. And it's better to get what you can moving forward now. And yeah, there might be a little bit of a tanking feeling to this season. If you can get more experience from the players that you have on the team that can fill that role, then you're only making your team better. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're they're wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on how they're thinking this is going. But that's my feeling of it. And to me, moving forward, uh, I'm ha- I, I, I'm not taking on this season. I think we can still win more games. I think we can still possibly sneak into the fucking playoffs. There's an extra playoff game. So if we can, then the sky's the limit from there because we're already seeing the development of, of the, of fields. We all have acknowledged that. And if he gets better, I think that he's kind of trying to do a chess move pulls with, uh, building this team better for the future to help that quarterback. And it might take a sacrifice at the moment for the defense. That's going to make everyone pee on themselves. And like, I feel like everything you're saying was the Bears' justification to let Wilbur Wilbur Marshall go. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, that was the free agency was so new then. Like, who would have known? Like, what the just saying? Like, I'm not saying Roquan's Mm -hmm. Wilbur, but man, it feels like everything you're saying is what they were saying for Wilbur. And they traded Willie Gall away. They got all those draft picks. At the same time, I mean, what did it do for the Bears? Nothing, nothing. So yeah. anyway. maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I'm just trying to remain optimistic. That's all. That's all. I'm let's on your side of it, though. I'm on your side. Let's hope this is not a repeat of of the ancient history back then. Let's hope that Poles, mm. Cunningham, Flus, Getzey, Williams, and whoever the special teams guy is. Let's hope they know what they're doing. Chris, final thoughts? 
uh, I, I couldn't really say anything more after what Cliff just said because that's exactly what I was thinking as well. You know, it's, it, it's time that as fans, we should get it. It's the first time, man. Come on. Do you know what I mean? I'm so fed up of, you know, the, the mediocre fucking bullshit we've had to put up with for years. We've fucking this shit throughout the organisation. And I'm just hoping this is like, you know, the turning point and we can be the dominant team in the NFC North and the Packers can be at the bottom with Detroit pissing on them as well. So, uh, yeah, they're my final thoughts. I just thought that, you know, oh, this is our time now, that things are going to be sorted out in the right way for the future. And we're just going to have to put up with these growing pains this year. And then uh, and hopefully this next couple of years, you know, hopefully we'll kick on and we'll be the dominant force in our, our division. Lynn, Lynn Hayden, who does uh, a podcast with me on Bears Country Podcast on her own channel on Wednesdays, she just said, can you pull that back up, Kitty? I lost it. I, uh, oh, here we go. Dan, I love you, but the Bears are not going to the playoffs. <laughs> I love you too, Lynn. Lynn and I are on the same page there, Doherty. And yeah. yes, they yeah, are. Yeah. The Bears are going to the playoffs. I'm going to fucking stand behind it. It may not be 11 and 6, but we're going to the playoffs. The Bears going. Played, the Bears just played a playoff level team. How did that work out? I'm I don't care. Come on, let's collectively pull our souls together and make this happen. Let's just like let's give good juju. <laughs> we are the Bears shuffling through. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, I'd be the I'd be the first to be happy to say I was wrong. The Bears pulled it all together. And a miracle Super Bowl win. That would be wonderful. Mm. But it's not going to happen. It's still possible, though. <laughs> possible, yes. All right, guys. This has been a great show. We love all of you in chat. Thank you all so much for joining us. Make sure that you subscribe to the Barb Network. Also, go to Bears Country Podcast and subscribe to that channel as well because we do a live broadcast here on Barham Network, as well as our own stuff on Bears Country Podcast. And last parting words from everyone. Let's go around the clock. Down to you, Chris. What do you want to say before we move on to this next game? And close it out. Uh, all, all I want to say is beat, beat the Dolphins on Sunday. You know, right. that, that's all I'm bothered about. And uh, also, again, is thank you, for invi- thank you for inviting me on the show again, Dan. It's been an absolute blast, and as said before, it's been awesome to meet Cliff, and it's always awesome to talk to to that man, Dan Aguirre. So, uh, and also, have a great weekend as well in Chicago. I'm so jealous of you, you bastards. (laughs) (laughs) I I, got to say, I agree with that. I'm jealous, too. I really wish I could be flying out there to join you guys. And I want to thank the chat, because, I mean, I read all the chat comments that pop up, And the guys and ladies in chat have some excellent comments all the time. You know, we can't mention all of them, but you guys do a great job. So thank you, chat. Oh, absolutely. We love you, chat. We appreciate you. Without you, this this wouldn't be a great live show. So thank you all. We're sorry that we can't respond to every one of you because we're just, it's a lot to go through. But uh, we love you all. And Dan, you're up next. Uh, The Bears have not beaten Miami in Chicago since 1988, opening day. When they wow. uh fuck they, you and your facts, Dan. We're <laughs> done with you. They, <laughs> all right, get him out of here. 
Jim- fuck off, Dan. <laughs> fuck off. With your, you and your stats can fuck off, Dan. All right, Bears, 11 and 6. <laughs> 11 and 6 Bears. Jim, McMahon, sorry, Jim McMahon crushed Marino that day, outplayed him. and But as I've said – that. He's still talking. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, moving on. Six. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Dan. We love you. We're just go ahead. Restart. <laughs> well, Miami hasn't come to Chicago much. Like I said, they were in there in 88. Uh, the bears had them beaten in 91 in the snow and, and shit it away at the very end uh, because of Kevin Butler missing field goals. Cause that's what Kevin Butler did, but people don't remember that. Uh, but beyond that, they beat us in 06 and then 14 in Chicago. Uh, so it's only been three times since 88, but I would love to see that, that hex broken. They had never beaten new England in Massachusetts. And that happened uh, one week ago today. So hopefully we can beat uh, Miami this week. It's my girlfriend's birthday next Sunday. So hopefully it'll be a great day for her, for all of us. And yeah, let's find a way to play some defense, keep Justin healthy and get some fucking wins, you know, fucking wins, please. And I'm going to say this to wrap this up. Uh, I like Miami anytime that they come to Chicago November on, because if anyone's ever been to Chicago from Chicago to Miami or Miami to Chicago, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Talking to my buddy, he mentions just little things like, you know, uh, going to the grocery store. If you live in Miami and you go to the grocery store, you're, you're living in 85, 90 degree weather with like a hundred percent humidity all the time. You come up to Chicago, you go to the grocery store, in November, on on the sixth or the fifth, you're or the sixth actually. You're uh you're going to the grocery store in uh you know 40, 50 degree weather. It's a big difference. The humidity level, the 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 everything. It it, it makes a difference. That's why we lost so badly. Um, you know you know you know the game, Dan. Right, in 2018. Uh, yeah, when uh, Cody Parkey, yeah, uh, Brock Osweiler played in. That was uh, a weather the- game. Yeah, the missed field goal at the end by Parkey. But let me just say, not to contradict you, like I said, Marino beat us there in 91 in the snow late in the year. Joey Harrington, that was the first loss for the Super Bowl Bears in 06, was to Harrington in Miami uh, in early November, I think, maybe late October. And then in 14, it was around the same time. So the weather hasn't affected them. But although in 06 and 14, the weather was good, that 91 game, though, was frigid and in in the snow and they still won so yeah i think that was a i don't know i don't see that happening i mean maybe i do i mean uh, i'm gonna remain optimistic we're gonna beat the dolphins well, i'm optimistic we're, too i'm so we'll go to the game to, we're gonna it's gonna have to break trends for us to win though but well when I, it looks like most, it's gonna be in the 60s though most games that i go to historically the bears win when i'm at the game we won the niners game we were supposed to win that dan we did. And I guaranteed I victory there. on air. I did a Joe Namath and guaranteed a victory. I am not doing that this week. <laughs> I'm going to do it. We're going to guarantee a victory next Sunday against the Dolphins. Dan and I and Aldo and Kitty, we're all going to be there. Join us on the 5th at Kings in Rosemont and have a great time with us. It's going to be great. Two to four for all the fans out in chat, all the bar flies. And we love you guys. Everyone else here with you, with us, Cliff, Chris, Dan, thank you so much. What a crazy week. Hopefully we're not uh, talking about some other crazy trade on next Monday. That'd be crazy. Or tomorrow night here on the bar room with Aldo oh, and myself. God. 
because the trade yeah. deadline is Tuesday. Uh-huh. It's t- it's tomorrow. That'll be tomorrow. Yeah, you're right. That'll be tomorrow Justin on Fields, Dan Eldo. Trade it to the 49ers. Oh, oh my God. God! I know. I I I, uh, I know. That's the only <laughs> thing that could make me boycott the rest I, of the season. I, I, <laughs> no shit. I thought the same thing. If, if Fields would be yeah. traded, I may just not watch. I mean, that's how bad I would feel about that. Well, guys, everyone, we love you in chat. We love all you guys. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the Barroom Network as well as Bears Country Podcast. Until next Monday on the Barb Network, we love you guys. Ready? One, two, three. Bears! Bears!